How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 10. We did it, episode 10 of Fear Frequency. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne. With me today is my co-host, George Frizzard. How's it going, dude? Episode 10, we made it. Yeah, good. I'm excited. We made it to the double digits somehow. That's two and a half months. <laughs> it's weird when you say it like that, because it doesn't feel like it's been two and a half months, but it's, it's, a, it's a milestone for us, for sure. No, nah, that's awesome. And then, so the cool thing is, December 21st, I'm flying back to Michigan. So we'll be able to get, I'm home for two full weeks. So we'll be able to get at least two episodes in person again up at the cottage. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? It'll be good to go back to the old stomping grounds for sure. Yeah. And then, so last week we had a like dead episode basically. But this week, this week we got a ton of news and we have a giveaway. We have some great stuff coming up. So so I want to start out with the giveaway here, and we have a really good giveaway this week. So basically, a year ago, a game called Dead Rising 4 came out, and we're going to talk way more about it in Segment 3, but we both really liked it. We played it on Xbox One, and it came out on that and PC, but not PS4, because that's how it's always been with Dead Rising. But it's coming out this week. It just came out this past Tuesday on PS4, and it has a bunch of DLC, a bunch of like 4K updates for PS4 Pro, and uh, we got a key for it, but we both already have it on Xbox One, so we figured we'd give it away. Uh, so basically, it's a really, really easy giveaway. All you have to do is go over to iTunes, rate the show, and leave us a review, and put your email in the review so we can you know, pick a winner. We'll pick a random winner and announce it on next week's show. So it's really easy. So to reiterate, go to iTunes, find Fear Frequency, rate this, rate the podcast, however you want, leave us a review and make sure this is the critical step. Make sure your email is in the review. So we know where to send the key if you win. So yeah, you get a chance to win a pretty cool game that we both like a lot. And we will talk more about that in segment three. Uh, so that's pretty cool. I think, I think it's a good giveaway. Yeah. I think that, uh, whoever gets it will be pretty happy with it. Yeah, so this is basically the last week, I think, before we're going to really start digging deep into the Christmas stuff, because, you know, there's some really good Christmas horror movies that we're going to really want to talk about, but this week we have a ton of news, we have two great movies to talk about, this is a good show, great way to bring in the episode 10. Yeah, this is uh, probably, our, if not our most packed episode, one of the most packed for sure. Yeah, so let's just jump right into it. So the first thing we got on our news segment here is that there are secret Netflix categories. So it's really weird. So I use Netflix apps. I've used it on my PS4 forever. I use it on my iPad. And then now I have a Roku TV. So I use it on there. And it kind of, it's weird. You can't, you can find just general horror movies, but it'll kind of feed you these subgenres that you can't really pick and choose from. Uh, but this writer, Zachary Paul on bloodydisgusting.com, he figured out a trick so you can find the subgenres of horror. Uh, so he figured it out. All you have to do is you go to Netflix. You have to already be logged in. And then you type into the Netflix bar, netflix.com slash browse slash genre slash 1111. And the 1111 is a category and you replace that with the number of the category you want. So for example, action, sci-fi, and fantasy is 1568. Or action thrillers is 43048. 
or Alien Sci-Fi is 3327, and on and on. You can find this on Bloody Disgusting. It's a it's a trending article, so it's not that hard to find. But I just thought that was pretty cool, because their subgenres are actually pretty accurate, and you find stuff that's not even in the general horror section that way sometimes. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can't really imagine how long it took to figure out all these codes, <laughs> not only what they meant, but to, like... Figure out the way to input them to find the categories actually that you're looking for. I'm sure that was a, a real task in and of itself to figure yeah, that out. I wonder. I wonder how he found them. But like, there's because there's some real standouts here. Like horror comedy is eight nine five eight five, and just general horror movies is eight seven one one. You can get psychological thrillers five five oh five. Like there's some. He he went deep, but I I still wonder. I mean, if you Google it, I'm sure it might come up, or maybe someone on Reddit did the legwork, and this guy's just compiling it but nonetheless there's some pretty good options here and you can find you know some more granular uh sections on netflix if that's what you're looking for yeah i assume it's something like you know sometimes when you watch you know a certain genre of movie netflix will suggest those kind of weird categories to you like strong movies with a strong female lead or something like that Yeah, they've gotten way more granular like that like that's a real that's a real genre i've seen that you just mentioned (laughs) Yeah, so I think it was probably something like people started to see categories like that, like but for horror, obviously, and maybe just looked at like the source code or whatever, and then were able to figure it out from that and right. figure out all these codes. But it's really good to have the list in front of you to be able to look at the specific category of that in Netflix, especially because they really should break it down by subgenre because it's hard to look through just the major category in and of itself. Yeah, because there's it's so just, much stuff on there. Yeah, it takes... <laughs> I mean, I've spent like at least a half hour just browsing through Netflix trying to find something to watch. And by the time I find something, I'm like, well, maybe I won't even watch anything. I spent so long <laughs> looking for something I no, want to watch. That, that's a real thing, because I was just going to say, yeah, I, sometimes I look through it and I spend so much time looking through it that like... I, it's it's normally when I'm waiting for footage to import from my camera to my computer. I'm like, oh, well, I have like a half hour here. Maybe I'll watch a show. By the time I actually like maybe find something, the footage is imported, and I'm like, I'm I'm not gonna watch anything anymore. So it's <laughs> right. I want these granular things, but my favorite thing of them all is steamy thrillers. Nine seventy two. So extra uh, steam. <laughs> that's that's pretty cool. That's a good little news story. Uh, so yeah. Next up on the list here. We have uh, real, real big uh, news here that no one was expecting, is that Stranger <laughs> Things was renewed for season three. I, I Who mean, could like, have guessed this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, everyone's coming back. It's renewed for season three, obviously, because season two did so well. Uh, there's not really much to talk about here. It's just, we just thought that was funny. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that you could think maybe someone who wouldn't come back would be uh uh, hopper because he's doing hellboy Hellboy. now yeah yeah so maybe there was some conflict there but i'm sure they're gonna work around his schedule and bring him back he loves the show he loves yeah yeah exactly so i don't think there's any question that he's coming back i don't think there was ever any doubt in anyone's mind that a third season was coming (laughs) it's not not a real shocker in any way but yeah so like because because there's a long time between seasons also like this one was a year and a half and they, fil- they only film for six months, so there's definitely time in there for, uh, you know, them to film other movies and be in other things like I'm sure they'll want to be now that they're all huge stars. I think the first season put a lot of them on the map, but I, I think after the second season, a lot of people's careers are going to get 
much more complicated. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't... Yeah, I wouldn't leave Stranger Things, though, because that's, like, the most no. watched thing in the entire world. <laughs> yeah, for sure. There's <laughs> no way I, I think would leave we're that all show. safe. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, next up here, there's a new... Th- we don't really talk about trailers, because, like, it's really awkward, obviously. It's not like we're going to watch it, because, you know, it's audio only. But uh, I like both these actresses, so I thought this was kind of cool. There's a new trailer out for a movie starring Anya Taylor-Joy from The Witch and New Mutants. And uh, it also stars Olivia Cook from one of my favorite shows, Bates Motel. The new movie is called Thoroughbreds, and the trailer is pretty cool. And the synopsis is childhood friends Lily and Amanda reconnect in suburban Connecticut after years of growing apart. Lily has turned into a polished upper-class teenager with a fancy boarding school on her transcript and a covered inter- coveted internship on her resume. Amanda has developed a sharp wit and her own particular attitude, but all in the process of becoming a social outcast. Though they initially seem completely at odds, the pair bond over Lily's contempt for her oppressive stepfather, Mark. And as their friendship grows, they begin to bring out one another's most destructive tendencies. The ambitions lead them to hire a local hustler and take matters into their own hands. That's really, that's just absurdly long. Like, But I I did watch the trailer, and I think this movie looks really good. Yeah, I mean, Anya Taylor-Joy, she was also in Split. She's great. Olivia Cook, great in Bates Motel. It's weird because she looks like she's 17. But she ends up having a baby in the show with another actor who looks very young, and it's awkward. So I'm glad that she's moving on to a good movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think she kind of plays the, like, I guess, sociopath, like, no emotion character, it looks like, that she's going to play in this movie. Yep. Where it's kind of this weird dichotomy where one person in the trailer, you know, their exact quote is something like, one person, like feels nothing and the other girl feels everything so these two girls have very you know different emotions and how in tune they are with them and it seems like all everything kind of goes out of control once they decide to kill the girl's stepdad yeah and it looks highly stylized i think the actors are all good i think this is probably one to watch out for definitely so olivia cook can make her comeback from a ouija one Oh my god, that movie is so bad. Yeah, so hopefully she does better in this than that. Uh, So the next one, we got some big Halloween news from our boy, Danny McBride. The headline says, Danny McBride says Halloween will focus on dread rather than gore. So filming has been delayed till January on David Gordon Green's Halloween, which is kind of, I don't want to say, like, that's not really a red flag, but it's kind of glossed over here when I feel like, you know, like a filming delay isn't great. But, um, <laughs> Danny yeah, <McBride laughs> especially when obviously they're going to want to have this movie out by October. Yeah. They said it is coming out October, right? It's coming out in October. <laughs> it's going to be in October. <laughs> so you'd think they want to like have as much time filming as possible and not want to delay it at all. Yeah. So, uh, he said to the Charleston city paper, he said the original is all about tension. Laurie Strode doesn't even know that Michael Myers exists until the last minutes of the movie. So much of it, you're in anticipation of what's going to happen, and then the dread that Carpenter spins so effortlessly in that film. I think we're really trying to get it back to that. We're trying to mind that dread, mind that tension, and not just go for the gore and ultraviolence that you see some horror movies lean on. He continued, To us, it was all about bringing back the creep factor and trying to find the horror in your own backyard. In. Our. Own. Homes. That's pretty cool. Also, yeah. I didn't realize that, yeah, he's right. Laurie doesn't even know that Michael Myers is a thing until, like, the like last act of the movie. 
I didn't even like right. think about that until I today. Mean, Tommy basically is saying that he's real the whole time, and he keeps being like, "Look, there's a murderer across the street," and she's like, "Shut up, watch the thing." Yeah. And he's like, "Okay, no one ever believes me," and she doesn't actually see him until very, very late in the movie. And I think everything that uh, Danny McBride was saying all sounds good and the right direction for the movie without any question. Yeah, so that's awesome. And then, you know what? I see a name in here, George, that you're going to like. I see right here. Carpenter is executive producing the film with Malik Akkad. Uh-huh. that's our boy Mustafa Akkad's son. His son. For those carrying of you who on the legacy. Know, Mustafa Akkad produced basically every halloween movie and he was really into the franchise he just loved it kept it going way farther than it should have bless that yep. man's soul and i think he was killed in a terrorist attack which was really yeah. tragic um there's a documentary on the like the later i guess trilogy like five six and resurrection and in it they talk about mustafa Akkad, and yeah i think when he's visiting his home country, like Israel or Afghanistan, he died in like a bombing incident or something. Yeah, it was back like in, in yeah, in like the two thousand, something really crazy like that. So, like on the one hand, you're like Mustafa, you gotta stop producing these movies, like you're killing the franchise. But on the other hand, you're like, thanks for keeping all these Halloween movies going. That was pretty cool of you, Mister Akkad. So it's cool to see yeah. his, his kid here. I'm assuming. I'm pretty yeah, sure it's I, his kid. Like right. Some some part of the Akkad family tree. Yeah. So. I mean, if you're on the side of the fence that that's bad, I'm sorry, but I'm on the side of the fence that it's good because his dad brought us at least the first two or three, which are good. So that's that's kind of fun. Yeah. That's um, kind of fun. That's kind of fun. I'm excited for it. I think that everything they've been saying, everything we've been hearing is all good. I recently actually watched uh, Danny McBride and uh, who's the his writing partner, David Gordon Green. Is yeah. that his name? David uh, Gordon Green. You nailed it. Th- their show on HBO, Vice Principals. I heard that show's real funny. Yeah, I recently just got through all that. Absolutely hilarious. Rock solid writing. I'm very, very excited to see what they do with Halloween. Yeah, like, you know, we talked about this before, but all these horror directors are being put onto huge uh, superhero movies, and they're doing really well. So maybe traditional comedy directors can go the other way around and make a really bone-chilling horror movie. Yeah, it, and, it makes sense if you don't think about it. Right. I think this is something where we just kind of have to sit back. Everything they're saying sounds good. We just kind of have to let them do their own thing and just wait and see and see what comes out of it. Right. So next up, we got even big news. Or I almost said even bigger, and then I tried to course correct, and I kept, <laughs> it's not bigger news, but it's like more important to me because we've talked about Halloween so much. But so basically, this one's weird. So. On Riverdale this season, they've been teasing Sabrina's entrance. Like, Sabrina the Teenage Witch that we all remember. Mm -hmm. But way back, they started this new Archie horror line in the comics. They started it with Afterlife with Archie, which was like, Sabrina raised Jughead's dog from the dead and caused a zombie apocalypse. So her aunts sentenced her to 100 years in hell, which ended up being like a prep school run by H.P. Lovecraft, which was dope. And so she got her own offshoot called Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and it is literally, like, one of my favorite comics of all time. So CW has been teasing Sabrina in Riverdale, but basically the point was she was going to get her own show called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina on CW. But now it turns out, even though she's going to be, like, 
introduced in Riverdale still. This is going to be a Netflix series that has gotten a 20-episode, two-season order already. And it's being described as tonally in the vein of horror classics like Rosemary's Baby and The Exorcist. And we'll see Sabrina wrestling to reconcile her dual nature as a half-witch, half-mortal, while standing against the evil forces that threaten her, her family, and the daylight world humans inhabit. I'm so stoked, dude. You don't even know, man. I'm, oh my god, this is the best news. <laughs> yeah, I as much as I'd like to see Sabrina interact with the characters on Riverdale, because I think that'd be hilarious. She's still going to. That's the cool part. Like, they're still introducing her in Riverdale and interacting with them. Like, she was always going to get her own separate show, but now she's going to get one with a bigger budget. Right. That's that was the point I was trying to get to, where yeah. I think it moving to Netflix is probably better for the show overall, because there's yes. no way that Netflix will have I mean, netflix will definitely give it more money than cw ever will right because like if she's going into hp lovecraft land you know she's a witch you got it gotta throw some money at the effects you know what I yeah mean? the like, effects have to be top notch there for yeah. sure with all the you know lovecraftian monsters and cthulhu and all that stuff there's no <laughs> way you can cheap out on the effects there that'll just wreck the entire show yeah and as good as riverdale looks like you have to do a little bit more with sabrina than just neon soak everything right it's more than just like stylized shooting something you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. very it'll be much more effects based especially with you know the whole magic elements being in hell hp lovecraft like it's a much bigger project to take on than to just you know have like a high school drama pretty much yeah so i mean like at first it seems weird that they're splitting it up but in every other country basically cw shows um they, they just go to Netflix. The day after they air here, they just uh-huh. go straight to Netflix. So, like, Riverdale is a Netflix show in England, and, like, you know, The Flash and all the superhero shows are all Netflix right. shows in other places. So it, it's really not that surprising, but it's just cool to see that there's one here that's going straight to Netflix, basically from the same people as Riverdale. I mean, Riverdale's kind of going off the rails in Season 2 a little bit for me, but I still like it a lot, and I feel like... <laughs> yeah, I've heard that this season is buck wild <laughs> it is it's nuts you i mean you watched the first season right yeah i like the first season a lot i haven't seen any yeah. of the second season this yet. season is like a ton of jughead which is great because i love him well more jughead the better i always say yeah so we're gonna start a riverdale fan cast very soon that's a lie but <laughs> bottom line i can't handle that many podcasts i can't either chilling adventures <laughs> of sabrina is coming to netflix and i could not be more excited like yeah i i mean actually i want to keep talking about it so I hope it doesn't take, as much as I like Buffy, the idea of Buffy and like Joss Whedon stuff, I've kind of like soured on his style of TV show slash filmmaking over the years, like going back and watching Avengers Age of Ultron and even the first Avengers, he, he just, he doesn't adapt over time. Like he just has a very, like he has one style that he sticks to and I don't necessarily like it. So I hope that they don't just like try and clone his show his show ideas because i feel like they could just easily turn this into buffy 2 you know yeah i mean to be fair though i think buffy is probably the best uh, i don't know that or firefly both of them are very good yeah buffy is like much more long running than firefly so i think it probably takes a cake and because it just you know was a longer lasting show by like eight seasons (laughs) (laughs) i mean i like buffy i just i don't want that style of show for this i want this to be like dark and cool yeah and it's oh like you know i don't want like cw drama shit going on 
Right, like less buffy, more I guess what like Bates Motel, or like a little Stranger darker. Things, like that Stranger dark things. tone, not like the kid yeah. aspect of it, like that's, but just like owning a style completely. Yeah, or Bates Motel, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, we'll just have to wait and see. This is another, you know, we don't have a ton of information to go off of. All we know now is that it's probably getting a much bigger budget by moving to <laughs> Netflix, which is obviously good for the show. Yeah. The funny thing is, everyone was reporting like sabrina show coming to netflix but it's like they announced this like six months ago yeah i remember us talking about it like pretty soon after it was announced being like this is gonna be awesome (laughs) so yeah so uh that's gonna be dope next up on the list this one's really cool actually i thought these would be extremely expensive but they're not weta workshop who did all of the like prosthetics and uh creature effects in krampus is selling krampus christmas ornaments and again i thought these would be extremely overpriced but they're not. And mm-hmm. I read somewhere that a lot of the proceeds are going to charity, but I might be making that up. I saw on Twitter. You can get okay. like a three pack of like ornaments featuring the, the bad guys in that movie for 20 bucks, which like, you know, that's that's pretty fair. Not bad. Yeah. The cherub tree topper is the, the most expensive I was, thing. I was about to say, that's like the crowning achievement for this thing. Yeah. That thing's 80 bucks, but oh my God. It looks like it's <laughs> worth $80. Like it, it looks exactly like the one in the movie. Yeah, the little cherub tree toppers. That's going to be a hard thing for me to resist buying because yeah. that thing looks incredible. Yeah, and then, like that's 80 bucks. That's pretty expensive, but like not really when you like go look at a tree topper anywhere else that's the same quality and you'll pay a lot more, I would say. And then they have a clow teddy bear, which is like the demon little bear for 30 bucks, which I may or may not have already bought. And they <laughs> they have uh, the Krampus Bell for fifteen dollars, and it's not sold out yet. Somehow, like that's crazy. Yeah, that all these are awesome. Yeah, I mean these things look like movie accurate. Like not, you know, they're not cheaping out on the, you know, on just like cashing out on the name or anything. Like these are actually look like good quality products. Yeah. So I mean, like there's. $250 statues, like one sixth scale statues, but they look amazing. There's a dark elf and the cherub, and like that's what they would cost anywhere else, so yeah. whatever. I mean, it's like you're into that. And then they have a little pin for $850. It's a bunch of stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, these all look really cool. Oh my god, though. That, that cherub tree topper is just like amazing. Do you have a tree? Yeah, I do have a tree. I might have to buy that tree topper. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I got the bear, so I'm probably, <laughs> I'm probably gonna get the the Krampus bell too because that's just too cool. Yeah. So, um, Krampus is an amazing movie if you haven't seen it. Also. Uh, yeah, we recommended it in our one of our top. Was that five, last week? Or that was two week? weeks ago, or maybe three? Something we recommended watching it recently. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's cool. You can go to Weta Workshop and check that out. Then next up, I just thought this was kind of cool. We have some It news because it wouldn't be our show if we didn't talk about Stephen King at some capacity. Uh, Mm -hmm. The the Blu-ray is coming out, and there's a little Easter egg in this one that I didn't pick up on when I saw the movie. But after when they're like patching up um, Ben in the behind the drugstore in the alley, you can see Pennywise on the wall on the wall mural, like watching them the entire time, which I didn't know. Like I just I see it in the screenshot, but I didn't know that was there. Yeah, it's something I completely missed watching it the first time. I'm sure getting the 4K Blu-ray and watching through 
there's gonna be people like watching through frame by frame looking for easter eggs through the whole thing i guarantee it mm-hmm. and i bet there's gonna be a ton more easter eggs like this that people just completely glossed over seeing it in the theater yeah so and then there's also on the wall it's like the story about the mob killing that they mentioned like yeah. in the newspaper that's mm-hmm. on the wall too so that's even yeah. cooler and that's uh i think the third interlude in the book is the the like mob shootout mm-hmm. which was like one of the first events of the town that pennywise like made all the people go crazy and start murdering each other and why like dairy is so evil right so that's cool and then if you didn't know the 4k ultra hd blu-ray combo pack comes out january 9th and there's going to be a special one at best buy that's a steelbook target's getting its own version that has a lenticular cover and welcome to dairy postcards probably gonna go with the target one even though i hate them for the stranger things blue <laughs> well i guess just wait until the 4k one comes out before you buy anything from target again right so you know target boycott no more target <laughs> for anyone <laughs> um so that's pretty cool and then on next up on the list ridley scott swears he's making another alien movie i'm fine with that because i loved alien covenant i think it's super underrated but he said we're gonna make another we are he scott to- confidently told ew i think what we have to do is gradually drift away from the alien stuff people say you need more alien you need more face pulling need more chest bursting so i put a lot of that in covenant and it fit nicely but i think if you go again you need to start finding another solution that's more interesting then he continued on to say i think ai is becoming much more dangerous and therefore more interesting i'm fine with that dude i think david is like a really good villain in these movies yeah and like how much more face hugger or like face hugger and xenomorph shit can you really see honestly yeah and i think even in modern news i think the fear of ai is definitely becoming more and more of a a topic people are talking about i know elon musk was saying that we really have to be careful about what we do with ai and mark zuckerberg's like what are you talking about man i want everything to be ai but you know that guy's a robot so it doesn't matter he's he's working on it from the inside out (laughs) yeah so like i'm fine with that like i i hope he at least gets to finish out the covenant trilogy you know the prometheus trilogy because yeah i I definitely want to see an end to the david character because he was obviously the main character in covenant he's got the most screen time it was all about him and i'd really like to see where that that story ends up yeah because you know covenant was i just think it was super underrated i just think there's like a huge division right down the middle of alien fans on what they want i just think it's cool that he's doing new stuff with this <laughs> instead of yeah. just remaking it or retelling stories like he's doing new things so you can't really blame him there but he swears to god he's gonna do a new movie so that's that's cool yeah i mean he's made some great movies in the past and like you said i i prefer to see different stories in the alien universe instead of just rehashing the same few things that were good back in the 80s you know yep definitely so we're on our last few here uh in case you didn't know jurassic world fallen kingdom got like a teaser for a teaser because that's the new thing that happens which is really fucking stupid but it looked pretty cool and the trailer drops tomorrow thursday december 7th and i am stoked yeah uh, i saw something uh there they did like a little i guess like a right up or something where they're showing one of the new dinosaurs they're introducing did you see that yep yeah so new dinosaur 
Is Chris Pratt in this one? Yeah, it's like Chris Pratt and Bryce Dallas Howard. Okay, yeah. Well, I thought they were both pretty good in uh, Jurassic World. This one has a cooler name than Jurassic World. Yeah, and Life Finds a Way is on the poster, and Jeff Goldblum is coming back. Yeah, I think that they probably learned... Obviously, when the movie came out, it made a you know, trillion dollars, and everybody saw it. But I think this is one of the movies that really... It came out, everybody had like nothing but praise to say about it, and then like two months later, everyone started shitting all over it. And yeah. so hopefully... Yeah, people are dumb. This movie's <laughs> hopefully great. Hopefully, they took what people were saying about it and tried to improve that for this one see the weird but... thing is colin trevorrow wrote it but he had a co-writer oh. on this one i okay. really hope they figured out the dialogue issue in this yeah because just like kong skull island which colin trevorrow wasn't attached to they're very similar movies in that the monster aspect and like the actual story being told is really good and like cool but then like the characters the human characters suck ass and like the dialogue is just terrible, so hopefully yeah. they can beef up the dialogue but keep the monster aspect of it just as cool. Yeah, I think that was definitely the weakest part of the first Jurassic World. So, And obviously, Jeff Goldblum coming back, I'm sure he's going to crush whatever dialogue's given to him. Right, so he'll I'm He'll so bring excited. some levity. Yeah, I think he'll be good. I think this will probably be better than the first one, first Jurassic World. I mean, like, they'd have to really fuck it up. Yeah. And uh, exactly. they, they put out this little video on Twitter, Colin Trevorrow did, of mm-hmm. Chris Pratt, like, petting a little baby dinosaur, and it looked really good, so the people were like, is that CGI? And he was like, no, it's a hand-operated puppet, and it looked nice. fucking awesome. So Some that's... real practical effects. Yes, it feeds me. <laughs> so, next up here, we have The Shape of Water. So, like, that comes out all over the place so i yeah. just thought it'd be nice if we laid out the release dates for people <laughs> yeah so, exactly <laughs> it's already out in new york it came out uh december 1st and december 8th which is this friday it comes out in chicago austin dallas boston los angeles san diego phoenix san francisco atlanta and washington dc so i'm gonna see it on friday and then the 15th it comes out in milwaukee houston minneapolis kansas city st louis hartford New Haven, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Philadelphia, Portland, Seattle, Nashville, Baltimore, Cleveland, Columbus, and Tampa. They put two Ohio cities on here, and they're not doing fucking Detroit. Okay, thanks a lot, Fox Searchlight. Um, And then 1222, it comes out nationwide. So shit, you gotta wait till the 22nd to see this, but we can see it together then. Because I'm gonna be back in Michigan the 21st. Yeah, so we can see this, but yeah, I'm kind of pissed that I'm getting snubbed over here. I don't get any fucking early release. This is bullshit. Who lives in Ohio? Seriously, I thought like that state had a population of six. Right. I mean, they need two. They need two different open two cities with this opening early, and we don't get one. Dude, Florida beat you out. This is sad. It's just sad. And it's weird that they're opening in Austin a week before Houston. Like, both of those are cities in Texas. And Dallas is the 8th. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know what this release schedule is all about, <laughs> but all I know is I'm pissed because I have to wait the longest to go see it. Oh, and our fans in Mexico, you don't get to see it until January 12th, so enjoy it then. This is a bizarre <laughs> awesome. release schedule. So it's like they're actively trying to make sure this movie makes like $12. Yeah. Also, I know a lot of people live in Ohio. I don't actually think six people live in <laughs> I'm just from Michigan, and we all hate Ohio and Michigan. <laughs> 
just so everyone knows. <laughs> but uh, I'm excited to see this. I'm gonna see it Friday. I thought I had a screening tomorrow, but it turned out it was tonight. And then I was like, ugh, I gotta do this podcast. So I'm seeing it Friday. Yeah, uh, trailer looks good. I haven't seen anything about that first trailer. I'm trying to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not really gonna look at any reviews and just go in as blind as possible for this one. Ghosted, which neither of us have watched for some reason. Which yeah. is just stupid on our part. Yeah. <laughs> it's a show definitely. with Adam Scott and Craig Robinson. Uh he, they they are like it's like funny X Files. And yeah. there's some good news with it. It premiered October first. It got six more episodes for season one and a new showrunner who was uh related to the office. So that's good for the comedy aspect. Paul Lieberstein yeah. is the new showrunner. He's a, a big name, obviously, in the I guess sitcom industry office. sphere. It's good. Yeah. So, I think that having him attached to the project is just good news. I do really want to sit down and watch this. I haven't had a chance to watch any of it yet, but I am a huge Adam Scott fan. Me too. And I, I, I've only heard good things about the the show. Really, I've heard it's very funny, and it's that, doing really well. Yeah, and that Craig Robinson and Adam Scott's chemistry is like on point, and they're very good together. There, there's a poster attached to this article. That's uh, oh the like, poltergeist one yeah like poltergeist yeah once again, Walking Dead, <laughs> you got owned <laughs> by a comedy show. This shit like come on, <laughs> like Jesus Christ, this is a great looking poster. <laughs> yeah, this is one that I I'd like to get around to watching probably before the year's up just to just to get it off my plate so I don't have to worry about it going into 2018. Right, but. Uh, I I am excited. I'm glad that it's getting six more episodes, and having obviously someone from the office attached to it will probably just make this show better from here. Yeah, I gotta watch it, and then uh, I'm gonna insert a news story here. IGN released the trailer for the new remake of Day of the Dead called Day of the Dead Bloodline today. It's a Red Band trailer, and mm-hmm. it doesn't look bad. As like no? as, far, as far as zombie movies go, yeah, I was like. <laughs> this is gonna suck and then i watched it and i was like this, i mean it looks i mean it doesn't look great it looks about on par with the like dawn of the dead remake that everyone likes i like that movie yeah i like that too so uh you can check that out over on ign uh they cross-linked it on bloody disgusting i thought the trailer was pretty good it's a red band trailer it's full of blood a lot of practical effects some really cool stuff in there uh they're really going hard on that bloodline thing and it looks like there's going to be some new plot elements other than the fact that it's just a straight remake. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, I think for zombie movies, one of the most important features, I guess, is that the effects don't look bad and yeah, that the gore is good. Yeah, and so, like the characters are decent. Yeah, as long as you like who you're following and it looks real enough to where you believe the situation, then I'm pretty much in. I've watched enough zombie movies. Yeah, there's a lot of them. So, <laughs> finally, end of the new segment. Last thing on here is that The Strangers is getting a collector's edition Blu-ray, baby. I'm stoked for this. <laughs> comes out March 6th, because Prey at Night comes out March 9th. Uh, so, obviously, you got to capitalize on that. It's from exactly. Scream Factory. It has a great cover. I like Scream Factory stuff. They use, like, extremely cheap Blu-ray cases, though. They're just like, they feel cheap and shitty, but they always have cool covers, so it's like this weird trade-off. Yeah, I I do like the new 
cover art that they added for this, and I know it has, there's like a few, there's both cuts of the movie, the theatrical and the unrated cut, and I think there's like some new bonus features or something. Yeah. So, that comes out three days after my birthday. Yay. Yeah. I think this looks cool, though, and I think anyone who doesn't already own the Stranger's Blu-ray probably is going to pick this up before the sequel comes out. I'm going to. Yeah, I, I, been, I don't have it, so I'm probably going to pick it up, too. I'm going to aggressively get it. <laughs> so, uh, before we wrap up segment one, we got a creature feature this week, as we do every week. And this week is a really good one. It's Dinosaur Dracula. So, if you go to DinosaurDracula.com, it's a website run by a guy named Matt. And it's dedicated to holiday and Halloween-themed treats, cho- treats, toys, and cartoons, and a bunch of other fun stuff. He's got a bi-weekly podcast called Purple Stuff, and he reviews holiday treat variations and dollar store junk on his YouTube channel. So I've kind of, like, known about the Purple Stuff podcast as a separate entity to DinosaurDracula.com for a long time. And then I finally connected the dots this year, and his YouTube videos are just so good. Like he's got this really good cadence where he, like, paints his face and makes himself into, like, this weird zombie and reviews dollar store Halloween decorations and Christmas decorations. And, like, he orders weird flavored pop from Japan and reviews that. So I think he's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really too familiar with this stuff, but I'm going to check him out. Yeah, so you can check him out at DinosaurDracula.com. He's Dinosaur Dracula on Twitter. And you can find his YouTube channel if you type in the same thing. At least he's keeping it consistent. I see a lot of people who don't, and we got to give him some props there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, he also does a monthly box, too, where he sends out, like, stickers and stuff. Oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, I'm, like, really not getting it right. I just know that there are stickers in the box, but <laughs> I think there's, like, other stuff, too, obviously. <laughs> so you can check that out. It's called, like, Dinosaur Dracula's Fun Pack, I think. Uh I think it's pretty cool. So that's the creature feature for this week. Go check them out and let them know we sent you. So we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to come back for segment two and talk about two awesome movies. All right, we're back from our quick break. That was 12.5 seconds. And today we got two movies to talk about. Uh, we got Dismissed and Radius. So first up, we're going to start with Dismissed. It's directed by Benjamin Arfman. And the reason this movie caught my eye initially was because Dylan Sprouse is in it. So Dylan Sprouse and Cole Sprouse are twins. And they mm-hmm. were Zack and Cody on The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. And then they wanted to direct the show. And Disney was like, <laughs> no so they quit and uh they went to college at nyu and cole got back into acting with riverdale he plays jughead and then dylan was like uh, i don't know i'm gonna be a photographer i'm gonna do fashion but now he's back he's getting, making his big comeback into acting as lucas so basically this movie is about this teacher named mr butler and he's uh you know like an english teacher in high school and he's trying to become a professor but one day lucas comes in and like really just ignites this flame in his heart to keep teaching but lucas will literally do anything for an a and he's straight up evil and a white supremacist kind of and it's a great movie (laughs) yeah uh i think that definitely the strongest part of this movie is dylan sprouse's performance as lucas he does a really good job like carries this movie because it's it's a low budget movie 
but it has a bunch of people in it, like an insane amount of people. Like you notice, like Randall Park is in it. Uh, the guy who plays Mr. Butler's name is Kent Osborne. He's written a bunch of episodes of Adventure Time and SpongeBob. So it's uh-huh. this weird ensemble cast of weirdos. <laughs> yeah, and it it all works pretty well. I mean, the the main focus obviously is this kind of conflict between Lucas and his teacher, Mr. Sheldon. Because after Lucas receives a B plus on his paper that he turns in, he's willing to just completely wreck Mr. Sheldon's life in order to get the A. And it's not the first time he's done this. So it's he really sells the like psychopath student extremely well, better than I could have expected. Yeah, and like he does some like he does some crazy shit. He keeps taking it farther. But the weird thing is after he completely owns mr uh, butler's life he mr butler's like goes home to his wife and he's like i can't tell you what's going on but i'm and then he decides to like retaliate which is i don't know pretty stupid but then yeah it, it gives you like it gives you more scenes with dylan sprouse fucking shit up and that's kind of awesome yeah uh <laughs> if i were him honestly i would have just given him the a yeah i mean you're trying to get a new job anyway like who cares yeah. if you give a kid an a I mean, I want to give it to him based on effort alone, because everyone turns in, like, a two, three-page essay, and Lucas basically turns in a book. It's, like, a bound book. It's, like, 50 pages with, like, it's just, like, this obviously very well-researched, you know, paper. It, it all kind of falls apart because he's taking the side of the villain, basically, and trying to say that he's actually the good guy in the story, I forget which, uh, I think it's like uh, a Shakespeare play yeah, or like something. It's like Othello, right? Yeah, I think. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. And uh, it it's just kind of funny that like his downfall is that he's kind of relating too much to the villain in the story that they're reading in class. Yeah, and I like how they set it up. They let you feel sympathy for him for like 12 seconds, and then they're like, no, <laughs> he's evil. Like, he's straight up evil. <laughs> yeah they bring in an old teacher he had at at one point and i don't want to spoil what happened to the teacher but it's like he like permanently ruined the teacher's life yeah it's so fucked up yeah but dylan sprouse like such a good actor yeah he really owns the performance he's the best part of the movie by far he's not afraid to cross any line and (laughs) i I think that, like, the one issue I had with the movie is that the plot is so kind of ridiculous that he's doing all this stuff because he got a B and he wants an A. (laughs) I mean, if he did, like, a third of what he did to me and I'm the teacher, just give him the A. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care that much. Someone needs to tell him, though, that C's get degrees. Like, you know. Yeah. I mean, he wants to go to Ivy League. Oh, yeah, he really wants to go to Harvard. Yeah. So he's like, if I get anything less than a perfect transcript, I'll never get into Harvard. So I'll do whatever to make sure I can get into Harvard. And a noble goal. A noble goal, but kind of paved with ill intention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's funny, it's self aware, but it also it has some pretty scary moments, especially towards the end of the movie. Like, it really just snaps you back into scared tension mode, even though there are some, like, goofy, funny moments in it. I highly recommend this one for the $6.99 rental price on iTunes. 
yeah, I, I really like this. I think that if you can, I think that you will kind of just let the plot melt away and just kind of focus on the performances because they're, they're really good. I mean, the two main characters in the movie both play their parts extremely well and you'll just kind of get sucked into the story as it goes. I didn't really have any issue, you know, following this movie or believing it and I thought it was good. Yeah, so check that one out for sure. It's out now. And then, so the second one, you want to introduce this one? Yeah, so this is Radius. Uh, these directors' names are going to kill me, but uh, <laughs> it's like Caroline Labriche and Steven, Steve Leonard are the directors. That was close, and yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. And uh, it follows, this also basically follows two characters primarily, uh, Liam played by Diego Klettenhoff and Jane, played by Charlotte Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And what happens is the movie starts off with uh, Liam wakes up from, like, a car accident, and he's not, has, like, amnesia, doesn't know his name or where he is or anything like that. And he's walking down the road trying to flag down a car to get to you know, a payphone, presumably, or just trying to figure out, you know, get catch his bearings. And as the car, he finds one person, is able to flag him down, and then as the person is driving towards him, the car kind of veers off the road, and he realizes that the person inside is dead. And basically, as he walks by, animals, birds are just falling from the sky, he finds a local diner, everyone's <laughs> dead inside. Yeah. He thinks that it's some kind of, like, airborne virus or something that's killing everyone, but you figure out that it's just... Whoever comes within a radius around him dies. And so he, he's kind of struggling with not... He doesn't want to kill anyone, so he's trying to just be as remote as possible. But then the character Jane finds him, and basically, if those two are within close enough proximity to each other, then his he doesn't kill anyone that's around him. So it creates these really kind of interesting moments with these characters not wanting to get separated at all. And it builds a weird codependent relationship between them that is pretty interesting as the movie unfolds. Yeah, and it's pretty well acted. Charlotte Sullivan does a great job. And this this is really funny how this came about. We were going to talk about another movie, but our friend Jen was like, yo, this movie's lit. You guys should talk about it. Like, <laughs> All right. And then we watched it. We're like, hell yeah, this is awesome. So then next week we're going to be talking to Charlotte about the movie. So that's going to be fun. But I really like this a lot. The effects are... There's some CGI towards the end that does not hold up in any way, but it's, like, one scene. Other than that, the, like, death effect of people just falling over is awesome. They do some really cool stuff with it. Like, uh, people, like, cops. There's a part where a cop is coming at uh, Liam with a gun, and then Liam's like, dude, like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Like, step back. And then the cop's just like, ugh, she falls over. And, like, yeah. it's, it's funny in a really morbid sort of way, but then you think about it, you're like, ugh, like... I don't know. Like, that would that would be so bad. And to Liam's credit, he's actively trying at every turn to just keep people away from him or at least stay close enough to Jane. And they do some really cool stuff uh, to separate them that actually makes sense because by the time he finds her, he's already killed a bunch of people. Right. And that's, that is one of the cooler parts of the movie is once you find out that, you know, they have to be so close to each other and he's desperately trying to never be separated from her because he doesn't want to just kill massive amounts of people because basically you know wherever you walk there's 30 30 ish people and if he's by himself 30 people just died in one second 
and like the cops are after him and he doesn't want to be on anyone's radar he just wants to be not killing anyone basically right and then the only problem i had with this movie is that it kind of has this air about it that it's figuring out where it's going as it's telling the story like it doesn't it doesn't feel very focused like they're like let's just start with the idea and then just run with it as far as we can and then it kind of just ends exactly how you like like the only way it really can end i don't know how they could have made it different but like i was fine with it i just i wish that the plot stayed as original as the idea that supports it i i don't want to insult the movie by saying that it's like uh buck out road which we didn't like we (laughs) talked about but i think the, the main comparison i'm trying to make here is that the ending kind of has a similar feel where things are revealed and it just is something that's like completely out of left field that you could have never guessed by watching the movie. It's like a twist ending sort yeah. of that kind of comes out of nowhere. You're just like, oh, all right. <laughs> I hate that kind of twist, dude. You know, it's like, I don't know why 2017 is the year of the twist, but like... <laughs> Stop fucking with the twist stuff. We don't need twists in every horror movie. And granted, it's a sci-fi thriller, but still, like, the idea was is so strong that I don't yeah. think, I don't think the twist was necessary at all. But I feel like they just got to a point where they were like, okay, we've told a very long story here. We need to figure out how to end it, and that was the only way they could figure it out because they pepper in details that lead up to the twist that are kind of heavy-handed and kind of almost feel like they were added in maybe a little later in post-production, but the idea is so strong and the acting is so strong that it makes up for like the, the like shoddy cinematography at points and weird ending and twist in my yeah, opinion. The, the twist kind of feels like the movie's going down this one lane road and everything is cool and you like it. And it just goes on this weird detour for a minute and then comes back and you're like, well, I could have completely done without that detour. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, that wasn't a shortcut at all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Took me on a gravel road full of glass. <laughs> but I think th- I have no complaints about the performances. I thought that Liam and Jane were both played extremely well. I think that the main plot is really interesting and original. The yes. way they do the death effects are all really cool. And that this is just a great original story. I hadn't, I've never really seen anything like this, and I thought it was a pretty interesting, fresh take on the sci-fi genre. Okay, so there's a weird release schedule for this one. It's out now in America, so you can just go rent it VOD. Uh, so go check it out. It's been out since November. But the reason that we're talking about it now is that our friend Jen, who sent it to us, she covers Canadian movies. So it's just getting released in Canada, but it's actually getting some theatrical stuff. So we're going to tell you exactly where you can go see it. Uh, and so bear with us here. So in Toronto, it opened up December 1st at the Scotiabank Theatre. And it's getting another week in Toronto. So you can go see it this week and next week. And then in Winnipeg, it's out this week at the Town Cinema. And in across quebec it's been out december 1st so i guess you can just go to any movie theater i'm assuming and in edmonton it's been out since friday you can go see it at the city cinema uh this week ottawa is the same situation but you go to the landmark and whitby is the same situation and you go to the landmark theater um i'm assuming that there's only one of these kind of theaters because we don't have like addresses right (laughs) Uh, but uh it's got good reviews 
it has an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes. The Verge liked it. Joe Blow liked it. We liked it. Hey, you guys liked it. Um, it's a great movie. I would suggest, like, if you have the opportunity and you're in Canada, you can go see it in a theater. You should definitely go see it in a theater. Yeah, I would for sure go see it in theater. But if you're here in the States, I would say this is definitely worth a VOD rent, no question. Yeah, and if you go check it out this week, again, we're going to be interviewing Charlotte next week. So it'll be better for you if you come into that interview knowing a little bit about the movie. You know, like you'd be on top of it. Whereas a lot of our other movies, we interview the directors before uh, the movie's available. So this is the rare opportunity where you can watch the movie and then we can do a little post-mortem interview on it. So that's kind of fun. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to listening to that. Yeah, so that's going to wrap up our segment too. And we're going to come right back with segment three in just a minute. Okay, so we're back with segment three here. And we're going to be talking about Dead Rising 4. So it came out on Xbox One and PC a year ago. Uh, very early in December. It's a Christmas game, and that's just a weird thing that's always been going on with Dead Rising, where it comes out on Xbox first, but they've all been slowly making their way to PS4. Lo and behold, December 5th, Dead Rising 4 released on PS4 with all the DLC. It comes with the Capcom Fighters mode, where you can dress Frank West up as different Capcom characters, which is Mm -hmm. kind of fun, and it comes with all the DLC, uh, and it has a PS4 Pro patch, but we really like this game. We both played it last year. Yeah, I thought that this was a really cool game and the best one in the series since the first one. Yeah, and you know what? That's like a really, a, that's like a, a, an out there opinion that this is the best <laughs> one because I really think it is too. They remade Frank, so he looks like a human being, which I think is awesome. <laughs> and he looks different, but he looks cool. He's got this like fifty, like you know, middle aged dad type of look, but he's fashionable. You know, like he looks pretty yeah. cool. They really streamlined the weapon creation system, and you can make some really cool stuff. And they totally revamped the shooting so that the shooting is awesome. It feels like a great third-person shooter. Yeah, and that those were all elements that I think needed a lot of fine-tuning over yeah. the different games. And, I, I mean, the best part about the Dead Rising games has always been creating the most ridiculous weapons or being able to kill the most amount of zombies in the quickest amount of time. Being able to test out all these insane weapons and being able to just use them on you know hordes and hordes of enemies and i think this game captures that the best in the whole series yeah and you go back to willamette mall and but it yeah so like when the 360 came out it was like obviously to the point where they had to put a note at the beginning a lot like dawn of the dead but the mall didn't really feel like a mall because it was just it's like a launch title on the 360 but now you finally get that feeling like you're in a mall and um it has the surrounding area in Colorado. Like, the graphics are kind of Play-Doh-y, I would say. Like, they don't look amazing. <laughs> but, like, the skybox is great. And the actual environment is awesome. Like, it's just really cool. Uh, yeah. The the RPG system in it is also really cool. Like, you have a ton of different upgrade trees and stuff. And you're leveling up constantly. Like, it's not a very hard game. It's pretty easy. But it's, it's so much fun. Yeah, this one is definitely very deep in the rpg mechanics where like you said there's a bunch of skill trees and you can obviously upgrade you know how quick it is to craft things and you know Mm -hmm. find more materials when you look at this or you know when you search crates or whatever and 
They have things like uh, there's even they added like all kinds of crazy stuff. There's like mech suits hidden throughout the world, and dude, the, and the mech suits are really cool. Yeah, I every time you're in a that. mech suit, it's like the coolest two to three minutes of the game because you're just being able to completely wreck everything in your path without any yeah, issue. Like the, the mech suit has its own skill tree and its own weapons you can craft for it. It's always in the same spot, so you can go find it. Also, so there was some controversy with the DLC, the overdrive mode that everyone likes. Uh, that was released with DLC along with the true ending on Xbox, which, you know, that's not good. Yeah. But uh, if you get it on PS4, you eliminate that because it comes with everything. So you're just getting the full package there, which is awesome. And then if you haven't played it on Xbox, if you have an Xbox One X, they actually just updated it to have 4K HDR and uh, it's so cheap now. Like, you could go get it at GameStop for nothing, probably like 20 bucks, and then just download the DLC for a little bit. And it's just awesome to have a Christmas game, like a Christmas horror game on that. Yeah. And, like, and it, it hits it hard. Yeah, I mean, it's 100% a Christmas game. It's, I mean, right down to, I think there's even, like, Christmas lights in the menus and stuff, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, they, they play, uh, like, Christmas music when you're in the yeah. map. I mean, get, this like, is costumes. Like, yeah, this is de- a great game to play in December. It's the the most Christmassy game I've played in a long time. Yeah, I, I mean, like I'm gonna go back now that we're talking about it. I want to play it, and I I right. have one X, so I want to try out the you know the the new visuals and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the one thing though that I don't like is that the psychopaths from the first and second game they kind of just like nerfed that. Like they're just weird boss battles that are related to the story now there's no time limit related to them and the game is just so easy that it, it's, it's just it's not as good as before but it's still fun i would say I just yeah really i like it as much i think the psychopaths was probably done the best in the first game mm-hmm. where I, I didn't i wasn't a huge fan of the first game having that strict time limit on everything and that's why where... everyone hates this game because it does it doesn't have the strict time limit yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I think I, I prefer to play the game at my own pace. I mean, it, it adds a little bit of, you know, it's like it kind of makes you sit back and be like, well, like, how many hours can I actually sit and kill, like, these same, like, 10,000 zombies or whatever? Like, you have to move on eventually. It kind of pushes you through the story at a, a better pace than to just being able to sit around and play in the environment. But the thing about this game is that it's basically a sandbox, you know? The yeah. The whole fun of the game is being able to play with all the weapons and play with the environments and seeing how much destruction you can cause. The story's never really been that strong. I mean, this one yeah, is exactly. like the story's and this one has right. the strongest story of them yeah. all. Like and it's like it's not great, but it's not bad. It's like a pretty serviceable story. Yeah. So I don't know. I wasn't a big fan of the time limits, but I thought that the boss fights were really, really cool in the first one, and I think this one loses a little bit of that. Yeah, and so I also went back, way back, when I was still making videos for Bloody Disgusting. I got the HD version of um, Dead Rising 1, and that that does not hold up at all. Like, it's just <laughs> not fun. It looks like shit, too. The port they did looks terrible, and it just it wasn't fun at all. <laughs> so, uh yeah dude like i don't i'm gonna i'm gonna go play this tonight probably honestly <laughs> now that we're talking about it but uh i it didn't it sold okay i think it sold like pretty well on xbox but uh, i think if you have a ps4 which most people do now's the time to get it 
especially right now, like in December, you could probably beat it pretty quick you right. know, before Christmas and just have fun with it. Yeah, I think that people should definitely pick it up, especially because Frank, being able to play as Frank is like the closest thing anyone's ever going to get to an Evil Dead game, being able to play as Ash. Oh, yeah, I totally forgot. Like, they totally just make him Ash in this game. Yeah, in this game, they just basically make him Ash, and it's awesome. Yeah, seriously, like, I just, people are just so against this one, but it's so good. It's so underrated. I'd, if I had to score it, I'd give it like a nine. Honestly, yeah, I loved it. I really enjoy this game. I think that it's probably the best in the series. It's a ton of fun. Obviously, now is the best time to play it since it just got, you know, the full release, complete edition or whatever for the PS4. And it's a Christmas game. And I think, you know, I think this is the best time to play it. And it's a really good game. Yeah. So before we wrap up, I'm going to go over the giveaway rules just one more time. So we're absolutely clear. All you have, so we have one PS4 key for this game, and it's the full <laughs> package that comes with everything, uh, and we're going to give it away to one person, obviously. So this is how you win. Go to iTunes, rate the show, leave us a review, and put your email in the review. If you do not put your email in the review, you are not entered. You're just leaving a review, which is nice of you, but you're not entered. The next week on the show... Uh, depending on how many people actually review this week, if like not a ton of people review, we'll wait another week. Uh, we will give away the key to one lucky person. Once again, since every time I do a giveaway, people ask me questions about platform for some reason. They ask if I have keys like for Xbox and PC and shit. I have one PS4 key. That is it. <laughs> so if you're on Xbox or PC, you're out of luck. And you have to leave your email in the review. So don't ask any other questions about it it's it's a pretty goddamn simple giveaway (laughs) and i don't have to ship it so if you've ever won one of my giveaways before this one fortunately will be instant and not take over a month to get to you there you go (laughs) so that's how you win potentially potentially of dead rising 4 of your very own so uh yeah that's that's gonna wrap it up here for us uh do you have any final words for the listeners george where can we follow you on twitter uh, you can find me at George Frizzard on everything. I've started to try to tweet a bit more, so try to make You've myself. You've been doing a, a good bit... job. <laughs> uh, I'd like to think that my latest tweet's a bit of a banger, so you should check that out. Yeah, if you want to find George, just go to your local Applebee's, and if there's a guy <laughs> passed out at the bar, <laughs> with us like surrounded by empty Long Island one dollar Long Island glasses, that's George. I mean, come on, one dollar Long Islands? You got to be kidding me. And if it's a man who looks like he's 50, it's not George. So there you go. You can narrow it down that way. There you go. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If you do decide to pick up Dead Rising 4, let us know what you think on Twitter at Fear Frequency also. We both check that Twitter. It's kind of funny now whenever I tweet something and George is on the Fear Frequency Twitter and he favorites it, I'm like, who the fuck is on the Fear Frequency Twitter? It like still freaks me out. It's still funny. Uh, so you can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Jimmy Champagne. George, take us home. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Come back next week for more horror news and reviews. And as always, you never know who might be listening. <laughs>